The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore and they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked? Yes, they replied. He said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Morning, everyone. Morning. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, we ask that as we come to your word, you would help us. We pray that you might encourage us, strengthen us, challenge us, lead us, teach us, rebuke and train us for all you want us to be in your wonderful providence. Lord, we uh, thank you and ask, Lord, that you would keep me from your heart. We pray in Jesus' name. As we come to the end of chapter 13, it's, it's finally there. It's good, isn't it, to finally get to the end of chapter 13. One, many parables, one after the other. And as we've gone through, Jesus has been speaking in parables, we notice, to the crowds. And I wanted to point out something, too, that this is here today that's actually a little bit misleading, what your Bible says. This isn't a parable. It's a simile. You know what a simile is? Does anyone know what a simile is? Can anyone tell me what a simile is? Something is like. And that's what we find here. This is the structure of our parables, inverted commas, here. We notice that as Jesus spoke to the crowds, he spoke in parables. They are not quite as straightforward as these. Here we have similes. I want you to notice that Jesus makes them straightforward because in verse 36, he's now retreated from the crowds and he's talking to his disciples, his insiders, the ones who have said, yes, we follow you. That's how he teaches, more directly. Jesus has given them a glorious future where the people of the kingdom will shine and he uses two similes that emphasise the enormous value of this glorious future. Here's the simile number one, verse 44, the great treasure, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure. See that? The kingdom of heaven, like. 
that's a simile, is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Remember, as we came to parables, the important thing of the parable is to get the basic message, that technical word, gist. Ever heard of gist? Get the gist of it. Where are we going? And it's the same with this simile. Every detail may not matter, but the gist matters. What is Jesus saying? This first simile is about the great treasure which is hidden in a field. That means people don't know about it. You've got to find it. It's to be discovered. When the person finds it, he knows it's of great value. And what does he do? He reburies it. Remember the details don't matter. He reburies it and he goes away, gets everything he's got, takes it and sells it so that he can come back and buy this field because he knows that treasure is here. Remember, the gist, not the detail. The kingdom of heaven, what Jesus is saying, is worth everything you have to get into it. Everything. Messiah is here. Come into this kingdom by following him. And the second simile is similar in verses 45 to 46. The great pearl of, sorry, the pearl of great price. Again, which is that, uh, you notice it's connected very closely to what we've just said by that word, again. So again, it's the same thing. The kingdom of heaven is like, that's the simile, a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. It's very similar, isn't it? This simile is similar to the first one. No one seems to be getting this. Does anyone ever teach, are you a teacher of English there? Did you ever teach English, Phil? Yes. Do you know what a simile is? Yeah. Am I, am I getting anywhere near what it is? Yes. Oh, it's a yes then. <laughs> the merchant finds his pearl and he knows it's a cracker. He knows it's rare. And so what he knows, he has to have it. And he, people are asked in this simile to leave everything to follow Jesus. Now, who is he speaking to? He's speaking to the men who he said, come, follow me. What were the next words? Come, follow me. And I will make you fishes of men. Now, I want you to remember that because we're really about to find that's going to be very important. He's looking at them and they have left everything. It's really quite staggering to us, isn't it? They actually put down their nets and left. As he speaks these words, the reality of those people are in front of him. They left because something 
is here that's never happened before. It's unique. What Matthew has been telling us and what they're discovering is that the creator of the whole universe is walking and talking and they're following. This seemingly insignificant place in some backwater corner of the world that no one particularly cares about turns out to be the place where the most significant human person is or has ever been. And from here, from that backwater, so-called, will change the world. The one who will receive the kingdom, the one to whom all the promises of what we call the Old Testament have been pointing to, is now here, and he is the one they're following. Jesus is saying, do everything you can to enter it. The disciples, as they come, of course, will be shaped like no one else has ever been in human history. No one, not one human since then has been in the presence of the Almighty. As Jesus walks and talks, he will make them into what will be part of the eternal foundation of this kingdom. <coughs> and then Jesus switches images. Verses 47 to 50 to our third point, the dragnet. Does anyone ever watch that TV show? Yeah. There are some. There was no nods up there. I went with falls. None. No one knew what dragnet was. You know what dragnet is? Yeah. If you're older, if you're a certain age, you know. I know what dragnet was. But anyway, we're not talking the TV show. We're talking that the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet. Now, dragnet fishing was known in the ancient world. Today, it's an environmentalist nightmare, isn't it? Have you heard of dragnet fishing? It's an environmentalist worst nightmare because they can do it on a scale that no one ever dreamed of. But in the ancient world, we're talking it's across small rivers and like it's not that bad and it's not that destructive as it can be. And it's an image that was used known in the Bible. It's in Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 15 to 16. It's an image of salvation, judgment. From a positive view, it's salvation. And I think that's really the main focus here. For people who receive God's gift of salvation in Jesus, this message that will go out, and we will find out, go out to the world, it will catch his people. They will find salvation in their Messiah, the Saviour Jesus Christ. And remember I asked that phrase I asked you to remember. What were the disciples told? Come, follow me, and I will make you fishes of men. So it's no real coincidence that when he's speaking to them, he uses Verse 47, once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught 
all kinds of fish. That's what they left to do to follow Jesus, many of them. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore and they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets but threw away the bad. No doubt this simile, which starts to sound a little bit like a parable, this simile is very familiar to them. It's a method they may have used, we assume. And it tries directly into what they were doing and what they are now about to do. The Son of Man, this same Jesus, is going to send them on to do this assignment. They're to be the agents of this gospel harvest because as they take the message of Jesus, the message of Jesus brings salvation. I've suggested to you that it also brings judgment because when you save, you bring up the good and the bad aren't taken. The harvest is going to be further afield, they're going to discover, because God's plan is for the world to know this Jesus. As the promises to Abraham were to be a blessings to the world, so they are to be a blessing in Jesus. People must say yes to Jesus. They must understand. And so that's why Jesus, as I pointed out last week in verse 51, says to them, have you understood all these things? And their reply is yes. The answer is yes, because they are the ones to whom are being given the secrets, so-called, of the kingdom of God. One final simile. In response to the yes, he tells them in verse 52. Therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed by about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out his story, new treasures as well as old. Jesus, as he teaches the disciples before him, is actually preparing them to go and say, what the kingdom of God is like. They are being, they are now being called, interestingly by Jesus, scribes, teachers of the law. And what is the law that they are being taught? The law they're being taught is Jesus, the kingdom himself. And as they know it, and as Jesus teaches them, they discover that the treasures of the old now sparkle in the new. Now, I don't know if you've ever got a Bible there. I'm trying to lift this one up. It's pretty heavy. But if you can divide that one up, remember how you, you can look up and uh, eventually there's a bit uh, here just before Matthew. I'm about to drop this. Just before Matthew, there's a title page. Do you know what the title page says when you look up Matthew? It says New Testament, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, that's not really there in the New. In, that's just 
put in there by a person who put the Bible together, uh, a publisher. <laughs> what we call the old is really just a continuation, the new is just a continuation of what God has been doing. And what Jesus is saying is here, here is when they have learnt and become discipled in who he is, they will discover that as they look at the old, they will bring out new treasures. As we come to Jesus, we are incorporated in what God is doing in our world, that we are people connected to his people from all time. Because all hopes and promises find their yes in Jesus. This new understanding will bring out treasure from the old. The old covenant is being revolutionized because it is being fulfilled and opened to the world, which is it was initial intent, intent, uh, initial intent in the promises to Abraham. And now that the fulfillment of all those promises is here in Jesus, his disciples, who will be the foundation of this kingdom, will communicate and make sure people know as good scribes who Jesus is. Did you know what a scribe did? Uh, you've heard the process. I'm not perfect at this. So I hope I've got all the details right. But a scribe would have a, would have a job of copying a scribe a scroll from history. It's my job to copy it down, letter by letter, word by word. There was a system that when I copied it down, you then added it up because each letter had a numerical value. Phil, does that make any sense to you? No? You knew what similes were, but you don't know what this is. So each letter that you wrote had a numerical value. And as you got to the end of your part of the scroll, you knew that this part of this scroll, from here to here, numerically added up to this total. When I do that scroll, people, I start checking, I start adding. And if I don't get that total, what do I do with that scroll? I throw it out. All that work. That's what a scribe does. Don't ever believe people when they say they were not careful. They are lying to you. It couldn't have been more careful. If it doesn't add up, it gets tossed and I start again. Why? Because I think, the scroll thinks, the scribe thinks, they're communicating the very words of God. So you don't change it. You don't miss out words. It's not like Keith, slap, dash, and whatever. This is precise, precision. Jesus is saying, as he teaches the disciples, they will know the very words. They will know what God is saying. 
and will be as they are discipled, they will be able to teach it and pass it on. And out of those, out of their wisdom that the Spirit will give, they will bring new understanding even to what is old, so that all things will be revolutionised in the person of Jesus. That that uh, verb there which says they have been instructed is a funny verb. We don't see, it's not the usual verb that Matthew uses. And I'm not very good on verbs, so someone pointed this out to me. But there's two other times in Matthew's Gospel that they that Matthew uses that verb. One is, the first one is chapter 27, verse 57, where a man called Joseph of Arimathea comes in. Do you know who Joseph is? He's the man who comes to Pontius Pilate and says, I would like Jesus's body. And he goes and buries it in his own tomb, but tells us because he's a rich guy. He has a tomb and he is the one who put, takes Jesus' body and puts it in there because we're told he is that verb. He is a disciple of Jesus. We've never heard of Joseph of Arimathea before in Matthew's Gospel. He tells us, he makes sure we know that the guy who comes for Jesus is one who's learnt who Jesus is. The other time that that verb is used is in my favourite part of Matthew's Gospel. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, which is the end. That famous bit where Jesus says, go and make disciples. That verb there, make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is a command that they had given, that they will be people who know how to fish with the message that God has given and leading them in the ways of the God that has sent Jesus to revolutionise this way forward in him. The old mixed with the new, so that they all who come to Jesus become part of God's wonderful history of his people. Where all the promises of the old find their yes in their Christ. That's because they are treasures who will shine in God's kingdom by his grace. And Jesus is saying they will they possess the greatest treasure and they're to encourage us and the world to grab it. We've grabbed it. Hold on to it. There is nothing greater in this world that you can have than Jesus. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we uh, praise you and thank you that we have been engrafted into your people. Thank you that you have loved us with an everlasting love found in Jesus. We pray, Lord, that we might uh, know that we have all that we need in Christ Jesus. And we pray that we would be fishers of men, 
We ask, Lord, that you would give us a great confidence and we praise you and thank you for your glory given to us in Jesus. This is a glorious picture and we pray that we would be true followers of you. We think of all those who have come before us and we thank you for the reliability of your word. We thank you that it has been passed on to us by people who cared dearly about and absolutely about what they were doing. We thank you that your word has been preserved and we pray that your gospel might ring out, particularly at this time, in a world that desperately needs hope and light. Lord, we pray for our world and we do think of particularly uh, what is happening in, in Israel, and in Palestine, we do pray, Father, please uh, strengthen your people, help them, bring comfort through the shocking things that happen where war does and terrorism does uh, ruin life after life. We ask, Lord, that despite this, your grace and mercy would shine, that you would preserve your people and make your world realise that it needs its Saviour, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.